it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good afternoon and welcome everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Great to be with you on a Bosmic Wednesday. How are you kids? Come on in here. Let's talk some Florida State amongst other things. Week's kind of moving. Week's kind of moving a little bit. Feel like it's flying by. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm just eagerly anticipating the game. Ready to get it on in Charlotte, even if that weather is not uh, projected to be all that nice. That's fine with me, man. Excited to be back in that game. Excited to go up there and cover that game and watch Florida State get after it in the ACC title. I'm Jeff. That's Tom. Director Matthew in the house on Twitter. It's at Cameron Show. Thanks to all of you listening, driving around on 93.3 uh, FM. You're not driving on 93.3. You're driving around listening to 93.3 FM because my show's on, and I appreciate that. And then on uh, War Chant TV, you're watching. It's a doff of the cap. To all of you guys, and so uh, we appreciate you. I didn't, um, you know, Tom, I, I didn't see all the uh, hullabaloo uh, over last night's rankings, but uh, I guess uh, Florida State's four, right? So they didn't they didn't fall. I, I thought they'd stay five, but okay. Oh, you thought, what, Oregon would jump them with one loss? Or? Well, no, I thought, uh, didn't we? We had fallen to five last week. Yeah, but Michigan, Ohio State. Nah, I'd forgotten yeah, about yeah. that, yeah. You're right. That would make sense that we'd be four. I don't know. I don't watch that show. It's not watchable. Uh, I don't. I don't really get. I, I see the interwebs get excited about it, and which is what ESPN wants, and anybody really who would who would host the show wants that. They want they want that reaction. They want the anger. They want the vitriol. They want the the happiness and the sadness and everything in between because it's a for profit deal, man. That is sponsored. That is, there are advertisers on that show. They're trying to make some money, so. Like uh, like a lot of reality TV, they've got to infuse uh, storylines and life in areas where there isn't any. So I, I didn't see it. I know we do a reaction, which is good. I mean, we got to pay attention to it. There are things that go on in the world that I don't care about that do matter. And so anyhow, yeah. I got it. The royal we yeah. does a reaction. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, what was the reaction? Probably good, right? Florida State's uh, four. That's just no shenanigans this week. They did pull some of the penultimate week in 2014 where they dropped us to four with three one-loss teams above us. Remember all the way back then? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Undefeated Florida State was number four. In 2014, yeah. Yeah, so we're just making sure that that didn't happen. Wanted to see where Louisville came in, and they're at 14. So even though they lost to Kentucky, that's uh, not a terrible drop-off. you got a top-15 matchup if you're just looking for uh, rhetoric at this point. But even Kirk Herbstreit, apparently, I wasn't listening because I was hosting a show, Yeah, had to back down and admit when push came to shove as much as he was wrangling in the straitjacket that if we win, we're in. 
I mean, this is not. Oh no, that's the this reality. Is beyond reproach. Yeah, that's the reality of the situation. I was talking to this with a friend of mine, and he keeps thinking that uh, you know, like, well, two or three one-loss teams could pass us. I'm like, no, 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 they, they won't. You're imagining things. The other thing was Alabama's buried to a place where if they win, I don't think they can move them. Now they would need Texas to lose. Yeah, they gotta have Texas lose. Yeah, yeah. but if Texas does not, the SEC would be out. I think. Based upon the way it, the rankings yeah, are this it, it week, based if Alabama beat Georgia, if Alabama beats Georgia, yeah, Texas yeah. wins. Yeah, I think I think the SEC is out. Yeah, I, I there, there's no doubt. You know, it's interesting. Like, let's do the shoe on the other foot thing. Like, I've I've been around a long time watching college football, and you know, I've sensed any number of uh, uh, moments where there was a team that was ranked in a certain way, record really kind of required them to be where they were i mean i go back as far back as 84 and remembering that they, they were stuck because they had to keep moving byu up as these teams lost and byu was probably in my estimation that year not even a top 15 team and then winning a national title <laughs> because they had to do it and this is back in the days and what has always constant the one constant of college football is the imperfect system with which they crown a champion and so you have this uh, – there's always – every season, sometimes it's our team that's in the crosshairs, other times it's somebody else. And you, you always have this situation where there's some ambiguity and frustration and the criteria gets debated and then, you know, we start looking at like opponents and schedules and when you played certain teams and who was healthy and who wasn't. This, this debate in some form or another – has been around for a very long time. It's one of the few sports that uh, we're so passionate about and that we watch all the time. And we still love, despite being broken, despite having a really convoluted, silly way of deciding a champion. And they've never gotten it, they've never been able to get it right. They've never been able to get it right. And so there, there are times where the shoe's been on the other foot, where I've seen a team ranked highly be, based on you know, the, the record that they have, and thought to myself, well, that team is not very good. Like, just from football viewing eyes, having watched a lot of teams and a lot of games this year, just any given year, I would go, yeah, I picked about 16 teams to beat that one on a neutral field. 16, maybe 18. You know, I can make a case. And, and yet, when I've done that, I've often kind of thought, unless I hated the team, and then I would just have to admit, eh, I'm going to have to remove myself from the debate because I hate them. <laughs> you know who that team is, though, this year, that you could pick 16, 18 teams to beat? And it's a linchpin in a secondary way for the rankings. It's Penn State. It's right. Penn State. Right. Because they end up being a straw in a weird way, yeah. Riley Leonard, healthy with Duke, playing Penn State in Good a neutral game. field. Good game. Well, they're going to win by 10. Well, I don't know about that. But I, 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 don't, they know, are. I don't know that either team can score. But, but Penn State <laughs> is the linchpin. The, the one yeah, thing that I yeah. take issue with last night, and, and it will be moot if the teams behind them win this mm -hmm, weekend, mm -hmm. they drop Ohio State to six, arbitrarily placing them between Oregon, Texas, and Alabama. Yeah. So you're telling me that really the resume that Ohio State has put together with their wins over Notre Dame and Penn State, has them ahead of specifically Alabama. But you can't move or, Alabama or, through Texas. Yeah, or Oregon even. Right. Well, they're behind Oregon. They're behind Oregon. They're behind right? Oregon. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. like, okay, so we're going to drop them down. And You know what? Yeah. Let's see. Uh, Johnny, blindfold. Let's throw it at the dartboard and see who we put them ahead oh, of. Oh, right, right, right.
this weekend, you'll, either of those two, Texas and Alabama, both of them, would, dr- would jump Ohio State with a win. Sure. But it's just interesting. It's almost was, like you have to validate your argument that it was two versus three last weekend with a, a lackluster scheduled Big Ten. The Ohio State-Michigan game was a de facto playoff game, and yeah. the loser was out. We knew that. And, and so is ours this weekend. Yeah, and ours is too. You know, you lose this game, Not you're for out. the other team, but for us. Oh, yeah, they're not in the playoff no matter what they right. do. But uh, we are if we win, and if we lose, then we're out, and as it should be. That's fine. You know, at that point, I, we wouldn't have the resume to get in, and I'd be all right with that. Funny thing is, if if we lost that game and Texas lost, and Alabama won, and Oregon lost, mm-hmm. it could get interesting. It co- kind of comes down to Who's Ohio got State the best and us. loss. Maybe we, Bama. We, we wouldn't fit in that category. We'd be we'd be in trouble. Yeah. No, but the win over LSU, as time goes on, it it, it valued and it's back to its peak. It's that is both. one of the more impressive wins this entire season for anybody in the top five. Because of the manner with which you won the yeah. game. I mean, yeah. I, I would say that, you know, LSU could have done us uh, bigger favors like they did a year ago when they went on to win the West. It just that certainly helped. I mean, it didn't help that they went on to lose and, you know, they lost to Ole Miss, right? Was it they Ole did, Miss? Yes. Yeah, they lost to Ole Miss. That's 85 not a, to 84. Yeah, that was, wasn't a good idea. And they, they've had, you know, I, I don't I – don't, Listen, Florida State has a very similar schedule to other teams that are in that in that grouping, right? It's not like when you look at strength of schedule, depending on which metric you're looking at, by the way, that differs too. Um, Florida State's right there amongst the, the best in, in that grouping of teams out of, the, out of the six that are there, right? So it's not like, like – in some cases, you look uh, – somebody had a – I think it was – was it Michigan for a time? Had the 111th rated strength of schedule? Right, yeah. Yeah, that's a toughie. I mean, that's like, like I definitively think they're very good. But by all means, because they beat Penn State, who we agree that 20 teams can easily beat. Not not good, yeah. Right. And Ohio State, and that's it. You don't know what Ohio State really is. Because what are you... What are you betting on with Ohio State? Yeah. Recruiting rankings? Well, you're, yeah, a win over Penn State and a win over a Notre Dame team that got trounced by well, a Clemson and, team. And they barely beat that team on the final play of the game. Yeah, Louisville also beat the tar out uh, of Notre Dame in the second right, half. Right, we, of we their do game. this this circular but, thing. This is what happens. But the the argument that you're making for the Big Ten's superiority as a conference is no. weak. Oh, it's very weak. No, I, I would completely agree. The Pac-12 is a better conference this year. You can make an argument. Hell, the ACC is a better conference this year. You can certainly make an argument. The uh, SEC is and. So so there you go. Biggest issue for the the pack is that Oregon blew the game against Washington because Oregon's resume outside very, of Dan Lanning screwing up, yeah, that one game is sterling. Oh, and Washington's is a lot weaker, but you know they won the thing against Oregon. So Dan Lanning choked. So for Oregon, you've got a you've got what would be considered a good loss because it's on the road, and you get a chance to avenge that. And I think they will. And I think Oregon's one of the best four teams in the country currently. I do. And I could I could sit across from somebody and they might say I don't I'm like, okay <laughs> this is where we're at this is the this is the frustrating but Oregon has a stronger it. case than Washington except for the fact that they, you know, they lost, lost to Washington yeah yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. Um, the the thing is that gets rectified they play one another I think what's what's difficult what I don't like and this would be hard to be a part of I mean I get it. Uh, that is uh, a show that is is hellbent on, uh, of course, being entertaining, uh, much more than it is informative. It's it's really kind of about entertainment than it is uh, being informative. And what I don't like is if you just outright state things that aren't true. Yeah, that then we get start getting we, to where you start crossing a line, or you begin to try to set precedent that's never been set in the many years now that they've been doing this in order to cause 
uh, sort of that alarmist reaction that you're looking for. That that would be tough, man. If, if to to sit across from somebody and have to say something disingenuous that you know really would a would be precedent setting and b seems on its face to be illogical. So here's the question for you because I think we all agree Washington losing is good for us because it puts us in a better position to play Michigan in the semifinal. The goal is to get away from Georgia as yeah, far as you can. Yeah, 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 yeah. To get I don't to think any of the teams want to play Georgia right now, right? Get to Michigan as quickly as you can. Now, here's the question. If Oregon wins convincingly, mm-hmm. and Vegas has it as a two-score game, I think, this week. 13 and a half, was that right? Is it up to that No, money? nine and a half. I thought it was nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nine, so two-score game. Nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's say they win by 10 or 14. We get the job done. Do you think that they would move a one-loss Oregon ahead of us again for the second time in 10 years and we'd be stuck on four playing Georgia? And they would get a Rose Bowl matchup with Michigan and Oregon? Or do you think that we would climb to three, go play in the Rose Bowl, go play Michigan, assuming everything else is chalk, of course, and then it would be Oregon versus Georgia in the Sugar Bowl? Could they, In short, could they move a one-loss conference champion Oregon above us? I don't think so. I, I mean, there would be... So, this is the funny part about the discussion. Because here's where it matters. We now get, the semifinal yeah. matchup matters greatly. Well, we get into, a lot of times, this discussion, and we can phrase it a lot of different ways. Um, you you can get into best as, as opposed to deserving, and you can get into what's earned as opposed to what you think is the reality of these two teams as they're currently constructed. Boo said the word best last night, which is not true. Right. Right. He says they're tasked. Right? Is that what he said? They're tasked yeah. with p- picking the four best teams. That's not that, what they're. That's tasked not to what do they're tasked all. to do at all. But 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 this is where it gets difficult because there have been plenty of years where I've thought at the end of the year there were teams that had two losses that were better than an undefeated team. But the games have to matter. The games have to count for something. And you know, I mean, admittedly, take take Florida State for except uh, for example, and let's say that was Texas or somebody else that's in this debate. Right. So the Texas was this thing and then they're not because they're missing their best player. Right. So let's just say that's not us. That's somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. You and I would be sitting here in the break room having a cup of coffee and I'd say, well, we both know Texas is not the fourth best team in the country. We both know that unfortunately for them, you know, they've lost a lot of players, had a bevy of injuries on offense. Quarterback is out for the year. We know they're not a top four team. And you would agree with it, but then you would turn right around and do what I would do, which is say, doesn't really matter, though. They won the games, man. They won the games, and it may not be the game we want to see, may not be the team we think is best in this situation, but I can't ignore that they won the games. They won the games. That has to count more than what my eyes are telling me. Yeah. It has yeah. to. And that's where this Unless dilemma— Michigan's in the discussion, because <laughs> then they would be elevated with no resume whatsoever. But I, I think— because I, I can agree with somebody that Florida State's not the team they were without Jordan Travis. I mean, good how, how you can't argue that. We looked not good on Saturday night. Let's just say it. But we won the game. And they won the LSU game. And they won the road Clemson game. And we're the only team to beat Clemson on the road. And by the way, that win now looks really good. Clemson won out. They got it together. I mean, when you look at their offensive and defensive efficiency ratings, they're a very good team. 
So, I mean, we can go on down the list here, but yeah. but you and I would say that about another team, and sure. we would agree upon it. And then, But then if Texas had wins at that point over LSU and Clemson on the road and whatever, you'd go, well, I mean, golly, dude, they won the games. Well, the other part of the discussion here in this hypothetical is I would say, let's call it Oregon is the, is the team mm. instead of Texas. Mm-hmm. I know Bo Nix got hurt and these other guys, but that defense can play. That's what I would say about Florida State because – as we approach yeah, Saturday, the yeah. more I'm thinking about this game, it's hard to turn the page from Florida. And I don't want to turn the page from a 12-0 and regular season. I want to bask in it. Well, I've basked in it possible. every day since it happened, every hour since it happened. It's a beautiful thing, and it doesn't come around that often. And the problem with the playoff and, and the politicking is you're pressured to get rid of that and focus on the next thing. But mm-hmm. damn it, I'm not, that's though. for the players to do. That's for Mike to do. Yeah, they have to move on and get focused, and they have to be ready to turn the page and try to play better, and they got to do all those things. The way I feel as a fan is not dictated by what they have to do. Their games have been played. These 12 have been played, and they won every one of them. And I've appreciated that, and I am appreciating that currently, today, as we sit here, right now, this very second. And with Jordan having gone down, it's mission accomplished times 10. You know, like now it, I know I was playoff for bus guy. And I want to win this game this weekend. And I think they should win this game this weekend. But at the same time, the conversation changes when Jordan Travis' leg is Broken. in the state that it was. Yes. Yeah, that changes. It, it, it has and, to by definition. And what it feels like to me right now is that with the understanding that we played 12 games, everybody's banged up. This defense is coming into Saturday's game in tip-top shape. Yeah. And this a, offense yeah. is limping and limping well, they, badly. By the way, they were limping before he got hurt. They were. They weren't no. playing well. Well, I'm talking about also bangs and bruises. No, no, at they every were, segment they were beat up at every. Yes, they were, but they also were inconsistent sure. on offense. They were having a hard time. They were, and now they don't have him right. and the receiving core. You can tell. I mean, shoot, what the hell happened to Destin and Hiking? What are we doing? Well, I mean, Destin O-line. hasn't been back out there, and I, I think the catch on the road again was it was it the pick game where he makes the catch and he tries to cut back. Yeah. And, yeah, it might have been a re-aggravation. Oh, that I, 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 yeah. that's a guess. I do not know, and I'm not speculating. I, I, he, he, he downshifted. Well, my yeah. eyes, I can yeah. see. I'm watching the game. I can tell if a player is moving in his more natural gait or not. My man makes a catch. He's got blinding speed. That's the gift that he has. And about halfway through that cutback, which is great vision, by the way, he has to – I mean, there's a hitch in the giddy-up. Yeah. At that point, yeah, and he gets to the sideline as quick as he can because yep. he doesn't want to do more damage, which means to me he hurt it again. He re-aggravated it. So, you know, that's the situation he's in. Hakeem, ever since that great run, we thought he was ascending to a place where he would be, and he was. He would be an integral part of what they were doing. They went to him on a key third down. I mean, he was a guy that you were beginning to see emerge – and then now he hasn't played because of that injury. So they've had, yeah, a bevy of it. It's a beleaguered receiving core, to put it kindly. Mm-hmm. You're missing both of your offensive tackles, your yeah. starting offensive tackles. Correct. Your center is a warrior. Starting quarterback's gone for the your year. Your starting quarterback's gone for the year. Yeah. Other than that, you're perfect. Oh, wait a minute. Jaheim Bell. I'm sorry. Not other than that. Jaheim Bell is operating at less than 100%, to put it mildly. I, I haven't thought he's looked right in a long time. This group is limping left and right into Charlotte, but the defense is like, they're doing the showmanship thing in the rain. Like, come on, I got some more. Come on, what you want? Yeah. And so it's a very interesting dynamic because this is a game offense that they're going to be playing. So strength and strength, I think, are there. But, it, I mean, this could be a race to 24. It could be. Well, weather. And well, let's talk about and that for a, a second. Too. Let's get to that in a moment. Jeff Cambridge at 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. 
Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply hello there podcasters oh don't worry i won't prattle on for two minutes like i do with some of the other reads zaxby's doesn't demand it of me <laughs> Zaxby's like, look, just tell everybody that we have the best chicken sandwich in all the land. That's easy. I can do that. I can attest to that. A delicious, thick, juicy, tasty Zaxby's chicken sandwich is where it's at. Of course, the strips are a given. You like the strips. We get the strips on game days. The platters are lifesavers. Mm-hmm. If you're going to a party, a pool party, say, this summer, and what do I bring? Just bring a Beer Giant thing. No. and Zaxby's. Worry about the beer. You bring the Zaxby's, you're going to be the hero. Just uh-huh. make sure you get all the sauces, too. They've got like 97 sauces, and they're all delicious. I don't know if you guys know this. There are 27 Zaxby's in Tallahassee alone. 27. You can't miss them. I think that's true in general in every city in America. They're like so, peach trees in Atlanta. They're everywhere. Look around. Find you a Zaxby's and get after it. By the way, your Tallahassee Zaxby's a proud Golden Chief booster for 18 years. Go Knowles. Welcome back to the Jeff Cameron Show, sponsored by Legendary Home Loans, a mortgage experience designed around speed, simplicity, and customer service. Before you buy your next home, contact our friend Shannon Young with Legendary Home Loans. Visit FSUHomeLoans.com. FSUHomeLoans.com. That weather is going to be uh, interesting. Whether you think it's going to be a huge, uh, you know, uh, offensive show or defensive war, uh, note this. If we get that cold and that rain, uh, I don't know that either offense is going to do a thing. Uh, th- th- this, would be, this would be interesting to see if it's as ugly as some forecasters have it. That's kind of changed a lot off and on in the last 24 hours, and I see we all know the weather's – and the weather's uh, men and women uh, struggle. It's not, it's not an easy thing to do. It's whatever. It's it's based on percentages. I got it. It's going to be an interesting Saturday because last time that you and I were there together, it was sleet for the game against Virginia Tech. There was mm-hmm. a winter weather warning. That was one of the great days in, in my professional career because we had run-ins with Matt Millen, Mike Hogwood, <laughs> Gene Deckerhoff. <laughs> the hog, the hogster. Yeah. Oh, and we man. did a pregame show in which they shot off pyro, and I was rattled for about, you know, <laughs> a minute because you could feel the heat from the flame out of nowhere. We were in the open air. It was where Gene called the game. Yeah, was where we were in the open air press conference. Yeah. I mean, uh, press and then box. it was, and then I had a run in with the Virginia Tech Rivals writer who was having some sort of um, gastric pains during the, oh, during yeah. the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
It's the best moment of uh, my interactions with uh, Florida State Sports Information Director Chuck Walsh, who said, come on to this row, get out of there, because he's like, he's, he's making weird noises. He was struggling. At any rate, it was sleeting that night, and uh, that had its own problems, that particular game. We were falling all over the field, and that white slot receiver for Virginia Tech was open on every third and 16. As a ghost, that kid, man. He was bright white. And they were wearing the all-whites, too. (laughs) Couldn't tell if he was wearing sleeves or not, but that dude was open. Running wide open. Third and 19, no pass rush. There it is down the field. This is going to be warmer. Long way of saying that. It's 60s and 50s on Saturday, so it's going to be kind of soupy and muggy. Weird, though. The lows... um... We're not playing in the dead of the morning, but uh, the lows are in the 30s and, and, and the highs. are. It's, it's the warm front that's pushing through, so I think by kickoff that night, it's going to be kind of muggy. Bunch of showers. Yeah. Off and on throughout the day. Hopefully it's the northern mist rain, not a heavy frontal rain. Because if it's the northern mist rain, then yeah, you might have some slippage, but it's not going to be a, a slop fest. Well, if you got to run the ball, you know, it will be fascinating to see how Florida State goes about attempting to do that um 64 to your point with that front coming through might be the high around the time we kick it off 62 something like that and then the low is in the high 40s so it'll be weird interestingly enough the way we finished the game and the way we ran a little bit overall last week notice how much more condensed we were oh yeah it wasn't quite power but it was we're just going to line up and shove you backwards that was the Trey Benson touchdown run, the third one, I should say. The first one was of that ilk as well. There, there was a lot. Counter helped us between the 20s, but when push came to shove, we literally just did pushing and shoving. We went duo, yeah. We, we just and, and it's kind of fun when we do that. Yeah. Uh, you leave a guy unaccounted for, running back has to make sure that guy misses. And you can do that if Trey Benson has a jump cut. It's 17 yards to his left. It's really pretty incredible. That run, though, watching the right side of the offensive line, I think there are three tight ends on the field yes, in that were. particular formation. That's the uh, here comes a mauling. And Marquiston, I was critical, but mm-hmm. on that particular play, outstanding work. In order for him to achieve the first down, which was obviously the largest goal of that play, we just caved in that side of the Florida offensive or defensive line, rather. Well, let's be honest. I think we've wanted to see that before. We've wanted to see that before now. We've done it a few times this year, um, and there are these moments where you 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 like, oh, it's possible. Uh, now, most of the time, those are late in games, and we've worn them down, gotten to a place where you can get away with it. Early in games, we don't do a good job with that. Somebody blows it up. Somebody misses a block. Somebody gets beat. And and that's again, we're not that's not an elite offensive line we're dealing with. But they have figured out a way to kind of hang around and patchwork it together until you get late and you've got, you know, that's the part about Florida State's defense playing so well, is that you get so many at bats and eventually the opposing defense is the one that's worn down and they've played all right. They've won their share of one on ones. They've stopped the third and shorts. They've done all of the things that frustrate us as an offense and frustrate us as fans. But by the fourth quarter, because their offense has not been producing a lot throughout the game, meaning the opposing team's offense, they're worn down. They've had to punt it back to us, and Florida State's found a way. And and they've done so throughout the first two and a half quarters, oftentimes maybe solely, maybe not solely, but pretty close to it 70% of the time in the passing game, only to set up the run game later on. You know, they just haven't had any stretch of time where the quarterback has made a defense really pay by keeping it. And it's been interesting to me with the read options. They don't they don't keep. 
they don't keep. You know, Jordan didn't a lot until he got hurt, unfortunately. And then, obviously, Tate had some opportunities in this game and did not. I don't know that is, if that's a byproduct of nerves. I don't know if they've been mandated not to run because they're worried about injury. I, I don't know what it is, but there are yards to be had there. You cannot, period, be, period, worried, period, not this anymore. weekend. There's no, no chance. This is, and, no, and, this is it. I mean, really – Frankly, this is probably your ceiling here. Go get this win. And I, what I mean by that, I don't mean long term. I just mean this year with all the injuries that you have, you're probably going to have a real hard time blocking it up against any of the playoff teams you face. This could be it. This could be the one. Go get your championship, man. Go get your ring here. Go get your ACC championship. Go 13-0. and It's just funny. You know, defense wins championships is an old mantra, and it's still true a lot of the times. It, modern football not as much as it used to be. Right. You can, yeah. One of the great examples in recency, but that this is going now eight years ago, was the sheriff, his final <laughs> Super Bowl. The defense carried his lifeless body. One, one more time. <laughs> one more time one for the more sheriff. Time. We got you. To the point that Cam Newton doesn't want to dive on a live football. Well, that's, that was something. That's what that defense was all about. But if Jordan was healthy, if Jordan was healthy for this weekend, the defense wouldn't have to win us this ACC championship. No. no. And maybe they still don't have to. Because Louisville will give up some things. But I really think if you're trying to envision a path, I know you're doing the report later today with the Warchant Report, mm-hmm. just trying to pick the score and play the game out after watching what Louisville is, they're going to have to do the job, man. It's going to have to be 60-40 in the tug-of-war from the defense to get the job done, I think. And meanwhile, in the backdrop of all of this, the fall transfer period is December the 4th through January the 2nd. And... We've got a game to play this weekend that we're all focused on, but December the 4th is nearly upon us. And players can officially enter the portal on that date at midnight, December the 4th. And guys have already declared, you know, we just saw it. There are guys around the country that have declared their intentions already to enter the portal. And, you know, by the way, we already saw another aspect of this. It's a free-for-all for Texas A&M players because their coach was fired. So if your coach is fired or leaves, you can immediately head for the portal and, and, and be picked up. So it's it's fascinating to see. And we had this discussion yesterday on the show on, on headlines. You know, I Corey was stating it at first, and, and it's easy for us all to be overzealous and, and say that we want 15 portal players or 14 portal players, but I was saying – there ain't going to be 15 portal players or 14 portal players. I'm not sure there's going to be more than five portal players. Maybe. Now, there are circumstances they brought up a good point. If a Keon Coleman is going to fall into your lap and you're talking about a difference maker of yeah. that magnitude, yeah. I mean, Keon basically kind of won the LSU game for you. So the, the impact is real. If we're talking about a player that is a a, a war of one and a half, you, you may gotta get you maybe gotta go get a one and a half war player, right? I mean that's an extra win, maybe two. So gotcha. But short of that, I just think that you're gonna concentrate on retention, which would be to me, my guess, Farmer and Peyton, a huge part of that retention. Yeah. Probably the biggest part of that retention, uh, would be my guess. And then from there, I mean, I don't know what Daryl Jackson's situation I'd is. I'd ask Daryl if he'd like to play a third game here, assuming that we go the distance. But, yeah, would like to play a third game in the Garden Gold? Yeah. Well, worst-case scenario, if Florida State is to fall Saturday, could you play a game, Daryl? What right. one, one game for us at some point? Well, at that point, if he shut it down, I wouldn't mind because that would really – Oh, you're talking about the bowl game. Yeah, yeah. I'm just talking about sticking around for a game that matters, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, So we don't know what – 
the answer is with him. I mean, a lot of factors go into a player like Daryl Jackson deciding to stay or go, one of which is how much does he love school? I mean, he's had to be here and stay eligible and all of those things, and, you know, maybe that's not his cup of tea. Maybe it is. Maybe he's been buttoned up and can't wait to get out there and can't wait for next year, and he's going to lead the way on the defensive line with he and Farmer. And I'll tell you what, if that's the truth, if that happens – we're going to be all right. Yeah. That, that's a hell of a duo. Perhaps it's pie in the sky right now, but yes, if you start your defensive front four with Peyton, Peyton and Farmer. Farmer, Jackson. Yeah. Whatever you have in the fourth spot is going to be fine You're because be those okay. three yeah. are excellent. Uh, they're, they're going to take up some blocks? Yeah, you think? Um, yeah, so you'd be all right there. And and listen, Malcolm Ray's had a good year, so he'll be back, yep. and you got, you're going to be all right there. you got to – you know, I, I'll be curious – Coaching staff will tell us the areas with which they think they've gotten away with something, where they think they're weak and they've been able to mask it. And so let's see by who they do target in the portal what the coaching staff is telling us. You know, now some of the some of what the staff is telling you when they go after somebody is that they already know some of their own are going to be entering the portal. And that's another thing we have to look at. We always look at it from the standpoint of who's on your roster that we can steal because we're kicking ass and you're not. Like, every year, poor South Carolina lines up in the fetal position when December rolls around. I mean, they're just in the shower trying to get clean. They're about to get abused again every year. You're like, oh, what? you know what? He's a good player, wasting his time with your sorry-ass program. Come on down. We'll take him too. So I, there's some teams that just know uh, we're about to get raided. And Florida State's done such a good job of it. But because Florida State's done such a good job and this year is backing it up with an elite recruiting class, the writing will be on the wall for many players on this roster as well. Agreed. I I just think if you have a set amount of resources, let's call it a budget, if you will. Yeah. If you have a budget for this particular offseason, I think long-term needs are more important than short-term needs. Except in the scenario by which a Keon Coleman, like you're talking, becomes available. Name the position, whatever the position is. But if you have that type of an impact player, yeah, you better listen. You'd be doing your program a disservice to Mm -hmm. not and to not make a competitive offer. But this year, the stars were aligning properly in terms of retention, what was going on around you at different programs. I think it's time to turn the keys over a little bit to the homegrown guys, to the high school guys. Like, for example, it's going to suck to not have Akeem Dent next year. I'm willing to let K.J. Bolden try as a true freshman to see how he can do. Yeah. I don't know that I need to go get a rental right. one-year safety. You went and got a five-star yeah. player. Yeah, yeah. like I you agree. got Shaheem. He's in year three. Okay, that's one half of the equation. I know you like to rotate three and four guys. You got Conrad Hussey, a lot of exposure this year. We'll see what he develops into. But I don't need to go get a free agent. I've got K.J. Bolden. Let's sink or swim with the five-star that we stole away from Georgia, please. Because you don't want to piss off those kids, you know, year after year, if you're coming in with a high-level safety or a corner or a receiver, you don't necessarily have to bring in somebody at that position every year because now those four- and five-star kids, they want to be here less. Mm-hmm. So you got to turn the keys over to them a little bit soon. There will I, – I, I've decided that for other than linebacker where, you know, I feel like we need to find some reinforcements with, in, with the quickness. Like, I feel like we're kind of in a desperate situation at linebacker right now. And so if there's a stud out there that you can go bring in and you feel really good about, then, you know, I I would make a a press for that. But short of that, I'm fine with riding with this receiving core because I think Hakeem's going to be a star. And I think 
Medravius Jacobs has a chance. If he can keep his head on straight and mature, he can be an elite player. Obviously, Destin Hill's got blazing speed and real superstar potential. You've got some guys coming back that can take a step forward as well. You're not going to have all your tight ends back. Morlock will be back, though. He'll continue to progress. Also, God forbid Jeremiah Smith comes this way. Well, that that's a game-changing moment. Don't need to get a key on Coleman if a Jeremiah Smith is rolling in. That is time. correct. That's a game-changing moment. But So what, what am I alluding to? Well, I look, I'm willing to take some chances. I, if you want to say to me, hey, look, what can you really expect? Let's say Brock Glenn is going to win the job. Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. But let's say Brock is going to be your quarterback, and you say, well, what is your ceiling with a redshirt freshman? Well, I mean, they're redshirt freshmen that have done really well before. One of them's name is James Winston, but I'm not saying Brock Glenn is James Winston. I, I, what I'm saying is that you, you don't, by default, you're not going to lose five games. Other players around him can make him better. It's just that you had a superstar play the position this year who happened to be your best player that you retained at the most important position. Not That's not common. That doesn't happen every year. So, you know, you'll just run the offense a little bit differently, but Brock has got a ton of moxie, to say the least, He's a big, strong kid, and I think he'll be, if he wins the job, he'll be an admirable performer, maybe even a plus player in year one as a starter. But what you do have to do, no matter what you think of the youth of the skill positions and the inexperience at certain other positions, you'd better, if you're going to win nine to ten games and put yourself in that 12-team playoff or have a chance at it anyhow and have a chance to run it back for the ACC title, you'd better secure the offense and defensive lines. And that's all I'm really looking at. I'm starting with, the, obviously, I'd like to find a linebacker. But I don't know what the total is. Five players, six players, four players. Don't know what the total is for the portal this year, what they're looking at. But, buddy, 75% of what I'm looking at is the offensive and defensive line. Yeah, this is maybe more opinion than smart in some ways. Um, because if if you find a game-changer – again, at this position, then you got to listen and maybe make an offer. I hope they don't go get a, a quarterback in the portal. No. I hope they don't. I mean, it, it would have to be a bona fide. Yeah. Like, okay, K.J. Jefferson went in the portal today, and, yeah. but then he went back on social said, I haven't made my decision yet. Right. Nice way to get more phone calls to come your way through back channels there. Um, if that's a kid that's available, maybe. I don't know many other options because, you know, there's a lot of speculation that Riley Leonard would enter the portal. Uh, what? Why? I think you've got a player that's equivalent to him or better right here on the roster right now in Brock Glenn. Well, we don't know that. We think Brock Glenn is going to be that. I don't need yeah. a one-year rental to upset the apple cart in the order of things in the quarterback room for yeah. a guy who's coming off of an ankle injury that's, and isn't yeah. exactly – I mean, he doesn't light the world on fire. He's a good runner. Well, don't listen, get me wrong. Very we, good runner. We but. talked about this before. I was saying this in in response to a question we got on the show two weeks ago, and I, and I said I thought definitively that Florida State – Barring a can't miss at quarterback, wouldn't even entertain the idea. The quarterbacks that are out there so far in in the portal right now, and you mentioned one of them that would maybe raise an eyebrow. But outside of that, yeah, what are you gonna go get? Will Rogers from Mississippi State? Sorry ass. You're gonna go get Ward at Washington Blake Shapen. Well, okay, that's an interesting thought. Nice player. Uh, you know, He's you're gonna a nice go player, but again, like, what's you're gonna yeah. go get? Brendan Soresby from Indiana. You're gonna get. Catton Hauser, you know, I mean, what, Max Johnson, who I wanted a couple years ago, but don't want now. No, it's above replacement level. 
Like, where can you improve the most? Mm-hmm. I think at quarterback, even if you were to get the kid from Washington State or Leonard from Duke, I think it's a marginal improvement. But if you can go get yourself a tackle, which is everybody's looking for, or, or a linebacker, or another corner, linebacker, or maybe a center who can actually play center. We've tried two years in a row, Man, and it didn't wow. work out. Most of those guys are homegrown from the high school ranks that you bring in as four- and five-star kids and build them up, get them in the system, let them play as juniors. Maybe a pure H-back, like a blocking back type. I mean, I think there's more value in other places. I think you're pretty, you're in a decent spot here at quarterback that... Yeah, I wouldn't do it. There's not a it. lot of dudes that you would break the bank for or ruin the chemistry of the quarterback room for at this I, point. I'm, and I agree with that because I also think that while we went 12-0 and this year, and I'd like to sustain that, although that is irrational, at least for now, to say that you're going to have what? You're going to go 10-3, and 12-0, and 12-0? Probably not. Uh, be nice. Be cool. We're striving to get to a place where that's a reasonable expectation even. But until we're at that place with the quality depth that is required, you, you can't look at the upcoming season as a step back if they don't remain undefeated, right? So to me, what are you? What, what is your goal next year? Well, your goal is to compete to win the ACC. And if you do that, you got a good chance to make the college football playoff. Now, I don't believe they'll go into next year. No coach would ever admit this, and no player thinks this way, but – observing it from what they're losing, the personnel that they're going to lose, and the influx of talent, most of which is very young, I would tell you that it's highly unlikely that you're playing for a national title. I mean, you're not. That's the other thing. Is for, But we want to be a five seed to an eight seed so we can host the playoff game. That is, that is the humongous goal next year. That's Tom's big goal, everybody. It is. I want to host a playoff game. But there are different kinds of transfers, too. There are grad transfers, multi-year transfers. and the multi-year transfers. Yeah. We yeah. want the multi-year coming. Oh, yeah. Find me the stud linebacker who's sideline to sideline and is a little bit crazy. I feel uncomfortable with him when I'm in the same room, but has three years to play. Sure. Like, in a sense, Keon Coleman would be nice if he had a clone that you could go get him again this offseason. But really, if you're only going to get one season out of him, would you break the bank and use the budget on a player that, what's it going to do for you? No, Get you build, from 9 to 10? No, you're building it back up. You, again, yeah. you, you've got to find a superstar that you would say, okay, I didn't expect to spend here, but we got a chance at, and the guy you name is uh, uh, is on the lips of uh, every college football fan in America. Like, oh, they're right. going to grab that guy, huh? But that kid calls Mike because he wants to play Mike's offense. And there yeah. is a very distinct possibility those calls are happening. It's the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness. Two Tallahassee locations, Midtown on Thomasville Road, and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center. Online at OrangeTheoryFitness.com. The 
ACC Championship Weekend. You can see it on the screen, but if you're driving around, I'll let you know about it right now. War Chance staff meet and greet resident culture, 332 West Bland Street. That is this Friday at 6.30 p.m., December the 1st. Ah, welcome back, December. Good to have you on board. What a perfect morning as I stepped outside in the wee hours, a cup of coffee. See that picture I got this morning, Tom? I did not. I I posted it on Twitter, Tom. You should go check my Twitter feed. Is it uh, at ESPN Green? No. <laughs> I'm glad you got the joke, but I did post it. Anyhow, it's, it's. I mean, these new cameras, the iPhone cameras are crazy. I look like they I know are. what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, you took the panorama of yeah. the stadium two weeks ago. Oh, it was incredible. Yeah. It's it's silly. Yeah, look, there, oh, there's wow. the picture. Yeah, look at that. And you see Tim trying to make fun of me, and I said, always. He thought I was, he wanted to know if I was out there tilling the land. What is that? Is that like a clumps of grass there, or is that a leaf? Those are gra- that's grass and a leaf, and then over there is like uh, Maggie's little ball that she's ripped to pieces. Yeah, that's beautiful. How cool is that? Though, look at the detail on that. So good times, good times. There you go. That's uh, that's bright and early as the sun was coming up this morning. I went, oh yes, this is going to be perfect. Days of sitting outside by the fire pit, and the football winds are here. Do you, hmm. do you have an acclimation period to the heater coming on in the winter? Not the way you do. Uh, oh, it doesn't man. bother me too bad. Uh, the other day. To my knees today. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you didn't put it on last night, it was 32 degrees, Tom. You would have had to. No, of yeah. course. I know. I'm just saying, I'm, like, Jamie has every right. Oh, no. I, I didn't tell her not to. Okay. Don't get well, me wrong. I just know that you have a reaction to these things in a way that's almost violent. It is. <laughs> uh, about 1130 this morning, I was in excruciating pain thankfully she still has some uh, good old meds that uh, helps so if i seem a little loopy today don't a worry. lot of weed before I'm, the show i'm safe huh? on the road though i'm yeah. safe on the road <laughs> uh yeah guys if there's an elite defensive end elite defensive tackle elite offensive lineman yeah man those are the guys those are the guys not quarterback not receiver not running god knows not running back you're good at running back i think the kid coming in is going to play a lot and I would still rate all of those positions over quarterback. Let's say you had a lead across the board, and it's a one-year player. It's a one-year player. Give me the end. Give me the tackle. Give me the linebacker. An elite defensive end, an elite linebacker, yes. an elite – yes, I agree. Those are more glaring needs. You're, you have above replacement level play at quarterback in 2024. I feel very good about this. Yeah, it may not be elite because it's year one for a starter, maybe, or it may not be elite because the talent isn't elite if Tate's the starter. Um, you know, some might say that's a knock. It's not really a knock. It's a fair evaluation. Tate hasn't shown you anything that he's elite. Nobody would argue yeah. that he is. There's no, there's no, there's no evidence of that. Now, maybe he becomes it, but he, you he could say he was disappointing on Saturday, and people would kill you for it. But you well, know. I have said he was disappointing on Saturday, and they can be as pissed as they want to be. But I'm right. He was. Um, but he might be. He might be better this weekend. I, I also said that too. Right? That there's a good game in there. Yeah. There's a much better version of Tate than the one we saw Saturday. And I think also when the game is playing out, and I think Ira brought this up in the phone interview on Monday, but it's right to say that if, when you have three plays in the first quarter, one of which is Trey losing oh, his yeah. mind. It was really difficult to get into and, any sort of rhythm. And then once you figured out that they weren't going to really move the ball. That's the point. Yeah. yeah. yeah At yeah, that yeah, point, yeah, yeah. it's, uh, all right, what's the race to here? 17? Yeah, you know what? Let's not try to call crazy stuff here and let's manage the game. I think we can get to 17 without Tate having to take too many chances. 
And the funny thing was, he still had to make a couple of throws, and Fourth he did. down throw was a big one. He made the... Second and ten to Jaheim to get that drive going after the spit incident was yep. good. The third down throw to Johnny inside the five-yard line was excellent. Yep. That's not just good. That, that throw was excellent. And then he made another one in the second half beyond the fourth down throw that was critical. I think it was to Johnny over the middle of the field. Uh, by the way, whether it's Tate or Brock or... Yeah, Tate or Brock next year, that's going to be fun. I mean, just really quickly... Aviva Stadium, Dublin, will be there. We're in talks to have a, an announcement here in the not too distant future That's about some correct. things. I'm in touch with my friends with in a Ireland. Fun callback too, mm-hmm. which could be really cool. Yeah, yeah, really cool. And then it's uh, look, man. Memphis comes here. Mike's old team. That'll be good. At Notre Dame, that'll be good. That's uh, by the way, that game is already set. That is a Saturday in November, November the 9th, that we play Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Nice crisp weather there. Don't care about Charleston, but we've got, of course, Florida here and Clemson here. Can you do the Charleston? We're at Duke. <laughs> but you got Miami on the road. You're at SMU, and you know what? Send me to Dallas-Fort Worth anytime. Love that place. I'm going to be all right. Uh, we got Carolina coming in. Cal coming in. It's going to be a fun year. Hour number two, fourth coming. Stay with me.